Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this show and podcast every day. Well, not every day these days. I'm 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 sharing the the hour with Justin, we switch off, uh, but uh, I appreciate you being with me. We will provide unbiased, straight answers for any of your questions. We don't have any hidden agendas, and we certainly aren't going to push anything on you. We don't do that. That's not our style. What we will do is answer questions. And my goal here is to help you understand the environment, the economic environment, the stock market environment that you're dealing with. And it changes over time. It doesn't stay the same. And this year, we're seeing an uptick in volatility, a lot of down volatility. And that should not really surprise you. You can't always be up. You know, years and years of having growth stocks outperform, it means that there's going to be an underperform someday, and we're seeing it this year. It's common. It's not uncommon in the stock market life, okay? You just have to understand how it works and how to deal with it, okay? So give us a call. We want to talk about your financial plan, how you're going to grow your portfolio. We want to help you secure a future, a financial future that is comfortable for you. And if you have a pre-COVID frame of mind, well, you're very likely to be disappointed. You're going to make mistakes. You know, we have a new reality here. We have, we're have we dealing with lots of inflation. We have no young generation has ever seen this kind of inflation. It's not, it's not that unusual. I've lived through several periods of pretty high inflation. So I don't think at least one that I can remember was much worse than is that we have today. But we do have it pretty bad today. It's not It's not a fun thing. Remember, the U.S. inflation rate long-term is like 3%, 3.3% or something like that. And here we're looking at 7.5%, 8% right now. That's very big. 
Okay. So that, I also always remember market volatility, the access volatility we're doing. That they also pre- pre- presents opportunities. You just have to be able to do, grab your courage and step into them. And sometimes that's very difficult to do. Okay. So our mission statement is the same as it always is: independent thinking, shared success. That is your assurance that I'm going to give you accurate information, accurate market reporting. Uh, I will explain our processes and how we come up with things and how we determine prices and values and all those things. And, and of course, our educational segments will be forthright and clear. And if they're not, you can call and tell us it's not clear, and we'll we'll make it clear. Okay, so, and all this without any bias to one way or another, we don't owe anybody anything. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. Yes, you get to shape the show in the direction you want it to go, as long as it's financial. You can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. I'm live right now. And if you can't call, you can still leave your questions on our Anytime Voice Bank, and we'll answer the question the best we can, usually the next day, sometimes not. If it gets too many questions, we can't get to them. The number's always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first question. Hey, Justin. My name's James. I'm from Georgia. I'm just wondering about what you think about MU, Micron. I'm in it, about $71 a share. And I'm thinking about adding more because it looks like a really good, fundamentally sound company. But just wanted to know what your general thoughts on the company are and uh, if you would add more to a position. Thanks. Okay. Microtechnology is a very solid company, $82 billion size. Makes DRAM and flash memory image sensors, uses in, uh, uses in computer servicers and customer, customer electronics. They're going to make a lot of money this year, $9.64, up from $6.06 last year. Next year is $12.81, okay, uh, and it's a $73 stock, so it's reasonably priced. I mean, it's not very expensive. I just want to warn you, though, that it does. it's very cyclical. It's, it's attached to the economic cycle, so that $12.91 next year – the year after it could be nine dollars. Don't don't expect it to go up every day, every year, because it won't. But sales growth is pretty steady in the twenty-five to thirty-five percent range. That's great, but that also is very cyclical. So just be be aware of that. That's what I want you to to understand. The five-year PE range is two to twenty-five. So two times twelve dollars and eighty-one cents is like twenty-five dollars, right? Remember the dollars the stock is seventy three eighty four. Twenty five times, okay, is like three hundred or so. So so you know, um that's the range that this trades in. So you can see it's kind of volatile. Return equity is very good at 17%. Cash flow is very strong, $11.79 a share. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are buyers, slowly been buying the last year. Good solid company. And it does look like there's a lot of support. Let's see, make sure I'm going to go to a different chart. Yeah, a lot of support around $65. A lot of support. And it's at 73 So those are the facts. There's nothing wrong with the company. Very strong. You don't need to overload, though. Make sure you don't have too much of it in your portfolio. Always have a good diversified portfolio. Okay? 
My focus point today is based on this headline. Uh, uh, Putting recent market volatility in perspective. You know, we've talked about volatility a lot, so let's put it in perspective, and that's what we'll talk about in our in our focus point. I also want to talk about Goldman Sachs and what they're saying about inflation fears. Citigroup says we have reached peak bearishness. That's what they said. Citigroup says we have reached peak bearishness in the market. They're saying that you know, we're not going to, the bear market could be over. I'm not no, I'm not sure I'm buying that, but that, that's what they're saying. They're smart people. And I want to talk about supply chain problems, which we've talked about many times, but they're not over yet, are they? So those are things I'm going to talk about. The market itself, it was interesting. It was down pretty good at the opening, stayed kind of negative, but slowly crept up most of the day, got positive for a little bit. Then turned back down. Dow was down 222 points. The Nasdaq down 50 and the S&P down 26. So it was a down day after a pretty up week last week. So we'll see. We needed a relief rally. We had what, we had three or four weeks in a row that was down, 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 down. So that last week was our relief rally. Are we going to have? Is it? Can it continue? Of course it could, but not today. It tried. It tried hard, but it didn't make it. So we'll see. There's got to be some catalyst to drive it. And I don't see a positive catalyst, but something could come out from left, you know, from left field. We don't know. We know, you know, it's both ways, by the way. It could come out from left field and be very good for the market or very bad. We just don't know. But catalyst that I would like to see is a slowdown in inflation. Maybe a maybe a resolution in the Ukraine Russia war, which I don't think is coming. Uh, uh, you know those things and a correction of the supply chain and out of China. Those things would be nice if we could get them. That would be very positive market because we know the Fed's going to raise rates. We know that. My trivia question today concerns career paths that you may want to avoid. Avoid. Okay, that's coming up at the halfway mark, by the way. This is Invest Talk. It's Tuesday, and we're moving into a break here, everybody. I'm ready for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. 
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Thanks for what you do. I've got a bad habit of making a trade before calling and asking for your advice. So I recently picked up a few shares of Apple and Alcoa aluminum. Basically, my questions are, I tried to buy the dip. Do you think I was a little bit premature on those two companies? And then what are your prospects as well? I put some cash aside to buy into a potential recession. I'm now worried that I may have been a little premature. So we're currently at May 24th, and I just wanted to get your outlook both on Apple and Alcoa, as well as the overall economy. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I don't think you can go wrong at all with Apple and just buy it and hold it and ignore it for a number of years. Alcoa is a cyclical stock, Alcoa Corporation. I think they're on their up cycle right now, so I think you're fine with that as well. Alcoa is selling for ten uh, is selling for sixty one dollars and seventy two cents, but it's gonna make ten dollars and twenty three cents next year, a little bit down from this year. But this, you know, the range of the P is six hundred to twelve six. I'm sorry, from six to twelve hundred, Alcoa. So that tells you how cyclical it can be. Lost money in 2019, 2020. Now it's making eleven dollars ninety four cents this year and ten dollars and twenty three cents next year. That's the cycle, economic cycle. It's attached. So we kind of like commodities. We've been saying that for over a year, <laughs> that we like commodities. And if you take the low PE of six times the earnings, you get a $61 stock. And it's at $61.72. That's the low PE. Low. So I think it's still a good place to buy it. I think you did fine. I don't see a problem. Just hold on to them for the time being. Alcohol and Apple. Okay. The iTunes question came in from Dan T. in Chicago. What are your thoughts on symbol EIX, Edison International? I am able to buy the stock with a 3% discount through an employee stock purchase plan. Is it something I should do? Let's see. 3% the discount is not very much. That's a very ungenerous discount as far as I'm concerned for a... Uh, ESOP plan for work. I mean, I'm used to 10, 15%, but yeah, that seems more reasonable. But they're only giving them a 3% discount on the price of the stock. It's a $69 or $70 stock, so $2 off. I mean, it's not bad. So it means you pay $68. And, you know, it, you, it, Edison International, holding company providing electrical utility services, 5 million people. Okay, and in customers in California. I don't really care for the environment uh, of uh, electric power companies in California. Too much litigation. They get blamed for everything. Even, you know, I'm not saying some of it's not their fault. I'm not saying that. But they will get sued all the time, whether it is or is not their fault. 
Okay, so they have to they have to deal with deal with that. So it's an extra cost that California seems to have to deal with. But it as uh, you're going to make four dollars and eighty two cents. They pay a four percent dividend. I think that's pretty sto- pretty solid. But I don't think the deal is all that great for you. I just don't. Okay. We're moving into a break. I'm ready for your questions. I am ready for them right now. Any topic concerning stocks and finance, anything, call me, Best Talk, 888 99Chart. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888 chart. Okay, so uh, putting recent market volatility, market volatility in perspective is our main issue we're going to talk about today. And just to give you a little little uh, understanding of where we are, the market overall, the Morningstar U.S. market index was nearly down 19% before the little rally we had last week. But that doesn't tell the whole story. It really doesn't. Because the small growth and U.S. mid-growth were down 30%. 30 Now, remember, 20% is the break-off between bear market and just a correction. 20% fall from the high. But some stocks got crushed. You know, some of the bigger tech stocks got crushed. So just just for a little background. Now, all this volatility does it does it mean anything? How in relationship to history is it really bad? And it's elevated, but it's not that bad. Okay, the long term, like for instance, you look at the volatility index, which is known as the fear gauge. And those people who do not know what the volatility index, I suggest you look it up. Go to investopedia.com, look it up. And what it is, it tells us how much fear is in the market. That's what it's, that's what the interpretation is. And if it's it's around, nine, the long-term uh, number is around 19, 19.3 on that fear gauge. And we're at 30s, we're in the 30s now. So there's that tells you there's more volatility, more fear in the market. Okay? So that that's that's not... It's not something you have to worry about necessarily, but do understand what's happening. Now, this volatility, it can spike. It can go up to 70, 80, 90. It can spike. Matter of fact, if you want to know the truth, if it does spike like that, that usually means the bear market or correction is over. That's maximum fear. Everybody's scared. Everybody wants out. That's maximum fear. Well, if there's maximum fear, what's left? Less fear, right? That means the market would probably turn around. Okay, so volatility has increased this year from last year. That's for sure, and quite a bit. But that's okay. You know, that's just the way it is. That's We just have to live with it. We have to learn to deal with it. And we on this show, Invest Talk, we've been talking about how to deal with it for quite some time. And one of the ways was to move toward 
uh, a more defensive position, more towards commodities, and that really worked well. Not that the commodities are all gone up. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting they were a lot better than being in growth stocks. We told you to probably time to exit the growth stock, and no one wanted to do it because they love their growth stocks. They love their tech stocks. They have done so well. Well, I understand that, but you can't ignore reality as it hits you in the face. You know, don't think the tech stocks are just going to rebound and, okay, everything's going to be fine a couple of months from now and I'll make all my money back. Not going to happen. Just not going to happen. We're in a different environment. Learn your environment. The environment is inflation and the Fed raising rates. What does that mean? That means your growth stocks are going to have a harder time. Any stocks that borrow money are going to have a harder time. Just, just, just learn your environment. Okay, let's bring it back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier, of course. By the way, if you've never called, why not try it? Give us a call. The phone numbers are it's easy. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, this is Vivian Martin in San Jose, and I just wanted to say thank you to Steve because I heard his comment about that most markets go down fourteen percent before they come back up, and so it has been a good measuring stick for the way my funds are doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I also had a question. Uh, I don't know whether this is something you can answer or not, but I still have a mortgage and I'm in my late 70s. And I was wondering, it used to be that you could have a mortgage that would pay off your mortgage if you defaulted. I think it was an insurance plan, I'm sorry. And mortgage insurance, and it didn't have to do with repairs and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to find out if you think that would still be available, I have about 200000 left. I have 10 years left on my mortgage. Thank you for answering the question. Bye. Okay. Thanks for the question. By the way, everybody, I'm, I'm not big on having a mortgage in retirement. You know that. I want you to pay off that mortgage before you retire. That's the best way to do it so you don't have to worry about it. She, she has to worry about it. No one wants to worry about it and you're retired. Um, mortgage insurance, I probably, you know, that I'd have to take a look at all your situation, your financial situation, and see if it makes sense to me. Um, and it, it, there's too many things that I don't know that I can really answer that question. I am not keen on mortgage insurance. I don't like, okay, I'm going to say something. I'll probably get in trouble. I don't like insurance. I don't want to buy any insurance. Of course, you have to. You know, I mean, I'm not saying don't buy it. I'm just saying I don't like it. Okay. Um, I never bought life insurance. Well, one of the reasons I never had children. If I had children and I'm the sole provider, yeah. Yeah, I'd buy life insurance, term life. But see, I'm just not a big insurance guy. I, uh, even though that I worked 10 years in the insurance industry, you know. Yeah, I was there a long time. In the news, every day there's talk to the to, there's talk of the great res, resignation, and there are many jobs available to workers who want them right now. But looking ahead, if you're preparing to put a son or daughter through college, you don't want to know which career paths might be in jeopardy. So here's my trivia question: Can you name the, at least five jobs that might not exist at some point in the near future? So give me a call. We'll talk about that right after the break. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. Uh, can you name five jobs that might not exist at some point in the near future? So before I list some of the jobs that will likely disappear, let me just identify what's going on. The various changing trends that potentially threaten the livelihood of everyone from taxi drivers to restaurant servers and computers. What's changing? Okay, well, computer systems and software are becoming more sophisticated. Robotics and automation has you know, been on the rise and will continue to accelerate. And then you got artificial intelligence. Those three areas are destroying jobs. Economists predict that automation alone, all by itself, will destroy 1.5 million jobs in America's manufacturing sector. So, now, I'm saying this with all confidence that 
that doesn't mean there won't be jobs. There will be jobs. Okay, there's going to be a lot more jobs too. But jobs, you've got to read this book called Creative Destructions. Creative Destruction. Jobs are destroyed all the time. Industries are destroyed all the time. Companies are. But new ones are always created. And that's where you got to be. So you got to go where the new jobs are being created, not the old jobs are being destroyed. So what's being destroyed? Well, the most obvious one, and everybody think, thinks about it and knows it's happening. How about taxi, bus, and truck drivers? Right? You're gonna have they're gonna be self-driving vehicles, and they'll probably start with long-haul trucks or busing because they go in certain routes and do certain things consistently. Okay, so uh, that's coming. So that's gonna destroy some jobs. Drivers, right? It's going to happen. And drivers and truck drivers and buses and taxis, they're going to be destroyed. How about airline pilots? What do we need an airline pilot for? Think about it. What do they do? You're up in the air. They're doing very little, right? They, they do a lot when they land and when they take off. That's where the danger is, and that's where they're needed. But why can't that be done by a computer? It can just whether or not it'd be accepted. And computer operators and programmers, you know, you think that that's the future. Okay, programmers, that's where the future is. Well, the computer programmers have gotten so good, they've taught the computers how to program. So the need might not be nearly as much in the future as it has been in the past. Things to think about, especially if you have kids. Let's go to Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Oh, sure. Uh, I was thinking about uh, starting a position in Alphabet, and because uh, it looks like it's about 20% down, and also the P is about 20. I was wondering, can you give me some kind of an entry point? Well, I kind of like Google Alphabet uh G-O-O-G is the symbol. I like it a lot. I think for it's got great future. They're going to split. You know they're splitting, right? 20 for 1. I think it's July 15th. So I heard, but that doesn't matter, actually, no. as you know. Yeah, it does not. But for everybody else, they'll want to know. It's just splitting. Um, they're, they're around 20, 21 PE, and their five-year low for PE is 20. So, uh, and they're still growing in 20 to 30% sales range, growing sales 20, 30%. It's hard for me not to like it. So I think, I think it's presenting you an opportunity to pick it up at a cheaper price. And these are the kinds of things I'm talking about. Volatility is providing some opportunity that you have to think about. And Google, can it go down more? Sure. Is it a decent price now? Yes. So, but if it went down more, let's say it goes down to from 2,280, which is what it is today. Let's say disaster happens. It goes down to $1,500 of stock share. Buy more because the fundamentals are not changing. That means the PE would be way down to, what, 12, 13? Buy more? See, so, yeah, it's a good price now. I can't tell you it's the bottom because no one really knows. They're not ringing a bell or anything. You know, they're not telling us it's the bottom, but it is at a good price. Edgar, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Ted in Pleasanton. Hi, Ted. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm wondering the yield on the 10-year, 
uh-huh. with growth slowing down, but the Fed raising rates and reducing liquidity, which direction do you see the yield going in the months ahead? Higher. 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 Yeah. Think about it. The Fed is is raising rates, but the only one they control is that overnight rate, right? The banks lending to banks, Federal Reserve lending to banks. So that's the only one they control, but the, and they promise to raise it. So that means all the other yields will probably go up too because if you pay attention, when it went from zero to a quarter, mortgage rates went from 3 to 5%, right? Now, I mean, just right. – so, so as they are pushing pressure on the rates to go up, rates will go up. Meanwhile, our government is super in debt, right? Super, super in debt. So they're going to have to continue issuing debt. So and the Fed is no longer the buyer. One of the biggest buyers of our debt was the Fed, which would drive down rates. The more buyers, the, the more demand, the less the rates will go. Now there's less demand less demand out there. Uh, now they're going to compete. You know, the, the, the remaining buyers are going to demand higher yields. So I think it's only one direction for at least the next year or so, up the okay. yields. Even, okay? even, even with growth declining, you're still thinking the yields are going to go up. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Because of inflation. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you Thanks so for the much. call. Thanks. Yeah, you got inflation and and uh, a buyer's leaving the market or not really leaving the market, but no longer participating in buying, which would hold the yields down. And that's the Federal Reserve. They said they're going to let their 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 book run off, so they're not going to buy rebuy new ones. So that and inflation, and they're trying to if kill inflation and how they're doing that, raising rates. So I, all the pressure, I think, is uh, for the tenure to yield to go up. I don't think it's going to go crazy, but I think it's going up. Good question, though. Really is a a good question. Um, Goldman Sachs uh, says inflation fears are overblown for 2022. They previously said that uh, uh, there was a 35% chance of a recession, okay, within two years. Now they're downgrading that. They don't think so, or they think much less. They see the GDP in the second quarter, 2.8%. It was their, their previous um, um, uh, previous wasn't that high. Remember, the GDP in the first quarter fell 1.5%. So two quarters in a row is a recession, two quarters in a row. So this quarter, the one just, you know, the second quarter is going to be a, a, a growth. And they think about 2.8%. But then they also think about the next four quarters, the average is going to be about 1.6%. So they're not saying there's going to be a recession. <clears throat> now, that's possible, mainly because of jobs or lots of jobs available, maybe. But <clears throat> can we get two quarters in a row of shrinkage in the next four quarters? Well, they could be wrong. They adjusted this number. <laughs> so they change their numbers all the time. But that's what they're saying, and they are smart people, so you can't just dismiss what they're saying. I don't. I just add it to my pile of knowledge of what else other people are saying. Okay? And that's how you do it. You don't necessarily believe them. You don't necessarily disbelieve them. You take in the knowledge, and you combine it with other knowledge. See, the problem is I enjoy this kind of knowledge. I like reading everybody else's opinion and filtering it all down and decide by myself which one I think is the most accurate because they're all over the place. You can get opinions all over the place. So 
over years, you finally migrate to those people, companies that seem to be more right than others, and those are the ones you pay more attention to. And it takes a long time. It really does. Okay, but that's that's that. So so summer is almost here, everybody. Well, I mean, June 21st, I mean, what, less than a month away, three weeks? Yeah, it's almost here. And the volatility in the market is here. It's actually higher in the summer. Did you know that? On average, summer market volatility is higher than in the winter months. Just so you know, be prepared for it. So I think it's worth taking a minute or two to talk about KPP Financial and my, my mine and Justin's company and what we might be able to do to help you through the doldrums of summer volatility we're seeing. And I think we've done a pretty darn good job getting through the volatility so far this year. And, you know, I can't talk about that because the SEC won't let me, but I think we've done a pretty good job. Yeah. To convince you that we are on the same side of the table as you, we practice certain things at KPP Financial. And our philosophy is independent thinking shared success. So we we make up our own minds about things, and we're so convinced about our own decisions, we practice what's called parallel investing, meaning we buy the things we want to buy for ourselves as well as our clients. Same price, same time. Because we think, why not? Shouldn't everybody, every professional money manager do that? If they're trying to sell you something, are they buying it too? Why not? So that means we have different strategies. You know, if we got from strategies from very risky to very non-risky, it depends on what you want and what's suitable for you. You know, and that's where we will, you know, talk about. That's why we have to talk to you to kind of find out where you are and what you want to be, you know, how aggressive you want to be. Or conservative, it doesn't matter to us. But in each one of those programs, we put our own money there and do the same thing. So we're a bit a little bit different than other people. So if you want to talk to us, you can call our California, Irvine, California offices. We'd be happy to discuss your portfolio, discuss what you're doing. We'd love to take a look at your portfolio and give you uh, our opinion and try to determine whether it fits your personal risk tolerance, and we'll figure that out as well. So do give us a call or send us an email. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Contact Us button or the various email buttons we have there. all comes back to us. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you. If you let us, we'll help you. We will. Next up, we will go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank. I want you to just hang on there. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is John here. I really enjoy the show and just had a question about stock ticker REK. It's a pro shares short real estate. I know it's probably more speculative than um, you all like to invest in. Basically, my theory is with rising inflation, which I believe is not going to be transitory, that real estate is going to get rocked. Um, I think homeowners are going to be in a pinch with uh, rising inflation, and they're going to have issues making their mortgage payments, uh, foreclosures I I foresee going up. And I just think it would be a 
a good short-term play, but I'm interested to hear your all's opinion. Thank you. Bye. Well, frankly, I do think real estate is going to be a little bit bumpy here in the next year or so. I just read today that inventory, and, and why inventory is so important is because the more inventory you have, uh, the more the swing to being a uh, buyer's market. When you have less inventory, which we've had very little, it's a seller's market, meaning they can ask for higher and higher prices. But when you go to more inventory uh, and more and more and more properties are on the, on, the, on the market, values tend to go down. So inventories are increasing every month. This year, it's increased every month, but it's still very low. That's the trick. Is norm according to the article I read? Normal inventory amount is six months of selling at today's rate. So selling at today's rate, and you have six months of, of inventory of houses to sell. Six months worth. Okay, and we're at what two and a half, three months. So it's pretty low, but I do think, of course. It's always looking forward, right? All all markets, all investors are looking forward. So is real estate going to weaken? I think it will. I think it's going to. How weak? I don't think it's going to be extremely weak. I don't. I think it'll be just weaker. I think prices are stabilizing and inventory is increasing. So, yeah, the trade could work, especially with the Fed raising their overnight rate and Mortgage rates following suit. Mortgage rates, what, 5.3% now? Still pretty reasonable in historical terms, very reasonable. Um, but someone asked me today, what did I think the rates were going to go to? And I said, between 6 and 7%, 30-year mortgage we're talking about. I think that's a, next year, year after, I think that's a fair number that it's probably going to go to. Okay, so you're short, and everybody, when he says, I want to short using ProShares, which is the R-E-K is the symbol, ProShares short real estate. Short meaning they think real estate is going to go down, and this will go up. This is an exchange traded fund corresponding to the inverse performance of the Dow Jones Real Estate Index. Okay, so... On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline Home prices surge over 20% in March. They're surging. Why do I think real estate's going down? We'll talk about that tomorrow. The average rate on a 30 year mortgage stood at 3.29% at the start of January and ended March at 4.67. And I just told you it's now 5.3, something like that, for a 30 year fix. So that's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. And we're going to go to Bill in Northern California. How are you doing, Bill? Hey, Steve. I'm great. Thank you very much. I hope you're well, too. I am. Um, Thank you. So what do you... 
Uh, so how would you characterize Citibank? I bought some, I think, last week or the week before. Okay. In one Citi- of my portfolios. Okay, this is Citigroup, a uh, global holding company uh, offering banking investment insurance and credit card services. I think everybody knows who they are. Huge, huge bank, $103 billion in size. Um they're going to make $6.73 next year. They made $10.14 last year per share, and then $7.41 next year after that. And it's a $53 stock, so it's well below, well below, you know, 10 PE, and it ranges 5 to 14. So it's right at the low end of its range. I mean, uh, 5 times 7 is $35, you know, so... Uh, I think it's a pretty decent price right here. Um, it's not growing. Sales are flat, so it's not growing. It does pay a 3.8% dividend, so while you're waiting for it to recover, you know, the stock price, you can collect your 3.8. But don't expect a lot of upside potential. You're not going to get it. Uh, but it does have potential for some. I mean, if you just got a 10 PE, it's a $74 stock, and it's 53 now. But 10 PE is kind of in the upper range of its upper part of its range in PE. So it has huge cash flow, $13.06. Very big company, very safe. And it's a nice dividend. So if you're, if, you know, you could sit on it and it would be a decent, uh, it will, you will make money if you just hold on to it. You'll make money. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay. Um, Citigroup company we just looked at on their financials here, says we have reached peak bearishness. They think you should start to get back in the market or be in the market. Uh, They said that the futures and options data show asset asset managers are now more bullish. Mutual fund flows in May improved, so more money's coming in. Um. And high speculation positions is working its way out of the market, meaning the growth stocks that were, you know, very speculative are no longer so very speculative as they were. They're getting out, you know, they could become much more reasonable. And all that is true, by the way. I just don't, I don't know if I'm buying the premise that we've reached peak bearishness. I don't, you know why? I don't think people are scared. I, I don't, I don't feel People are scared yet. And if they're not scared, they're still in the market. They're still buying and still want to be in the market. I don't see a lot of fear. I see some, but not a lot. If the Dow went down 5,000 points tomorrow, that would be a lot of fear. I haven't seen any of that. Some fear, but not a lot. There's a difference. There's a big difference, okay? So that's why I'm not just convinced. Now, it doesn't have to have a lot of fear for the market to bottom. It doesn't have to happen, but it generally does. So supply chain problems are still with us, everybody. China, you know, has a zero zero COVID tolerance, right? So they shut down Shanghai last month. And, of course, what do you think that did to supply chains? You know, then you got this Russian-Ukraine war going on. What do you think that did to certain supply chains? Still have a lot of, and we still have that big overhang of supply chain problems from last year and year before because demand shot up coming out of the COVID thing. Huge demand shot up. 
And that wasn't to be that wasn't unexpected, even though it seemed like it caught the Federal Reserve by surprise. I don't know why that's the case. Why do I say it caught the Federal Reserve by surprise? Because they were not raising interest rates earlier. They were not they were not expecting it. They did not foreshow foreshadow that this was gonna happen and they would have in, increased rates earlier. But you know, you can always pick on everybody for in hindsight. You can. So I try not to do that. I just, but the Fed's supposed to be smarter than me. They're supposed to be smart. I don't know, you know, they they just don't seem to be that proactive in the future. I'm Steve Peasley, and this confirms, uh, completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family, if you would, about the free podcast downloads. So get your downloads anytime from iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and if you do download it from uh, iTunes, Please give, please give us a rating. We would like a positive rating, of course. It does help with exposure, everybody. You know, it, it spreads the word, and we want to spread the word. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening. And your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.